Hello, and welcome to episode 186 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I am answering your questions from Instagram. We have a Q&A. We're going to be covering some interesting topics. We're going to be talking about alcohol in weight loss. We're going to talk about optimizing your home workouts, and we're going to talk about training around pain and injury. Now, before we jump into the Q&A, quick reminder, you have a little bit over 24 more hours to get in on Fitter After 40. If you don't know what that is, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you're like, wow, I like this lady. I learn a lot from her. I like how she coaches and you would like to be personally coached by me. This is that chance. The only way to work with me these days is through my group program, Fitter After 40. I open doors two times per year. I open them in August and I open them in March. We'll spend eight weeks together helping you lose weight get strong, feel more confident, improve your relationship with food. We'll spend a lot of time together. We'll have weekly Zoom calls. We'll be in a private Facebook community together. You'll be able to get video form feedback from me about your exercise. Um, It's a lot of time spent with me to help you reach your goals. The doors close Friday, September 1st at 10 p.m. That's it until next year. So if you're ready to get some help losing weight right now, get in on that. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can also find it in my Instagram bio. You can find it at kimschlagfitness.com. All right, let's get on to the show. Hello, hello. Great to be here with you. I'm always excited to record a podcast episode. I especially like answering the questions that you submit to me on Instagram. I'm in a great mood today. Fabulous mood today for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, almost five dozen women have signed up for Fitter After 40 for this fall round. We start we start next week. We start on Tuesdays. We're just days away from starting. I'm watching all of these women come in, um, really excited about what they're going to achieve in the next few weeks. I'm just so excited to coach them. The other reason I'm in an amazing mood is because Miss Taylor Allison Swift just announced that there is a full-length feature film coming out of the Eras Tour. She's doing a whole feature film. It's coming out in October, and it's going to be like an event. Like they're encouraging people to come in Eras Tour costumes and do the friendship bracelets and sing and dance. So it's going to be like a concert experience. And oh, I just get chills just thinking about it because going to the Eras Tour absolute highlight of my life. And if you're like, what? All the things you've done in your life, this was a highlight. The energy in that room, not a room, a stadium was, it was electric. I don't know if you're familiar with the sociological concept of collective effervescence. So if you don't know my background, years ago, my bachelor's degree was in sociology and psychology. I'm always super interested in anything to do with those fields. Well, there's a sociological concept known as collective effervescence, and it's this feeling of connection that you get to other people when you're sharing some kind of an experience. So maybe you're in um, a stadium, you know, maybe you're your high school football team and you're cheering the team on, you're in, you know, like a major league team, or maybe you're doing like some kind of community service project, like you're all working on this together. You're cleaning up after a hurricane or something. So this is the experience of collective effervescence and you have this like energy and harmony, this shared purpose, and it's just this most magical electric feeling. And that's what I experienced that night at the Eras Tour, just this amazing connection with 70,000 people as we're all singing along and everybody knew the words and it was just, it was electric. Um, 
you know, it's also, it's the kind of thing that I've often thought, like, I wish I were a sports fan. Should I, should I learn to like football? Because I see the people in those stadiums and they're having this and you can see it on TV. And I'm like, dang, I want to do that. Like, I want to get involved. I want to be cheering and like paint my face. And this is what we're seeing them experience. And that's what the Eras Tour being there live did for me. So I'm super excited to get to experience it again in theaters in October. I promise this podcast is not going to turn into like um, Taylor Swift podcast. Just a little bit, just a little bit from here and there. All right. Uh, with that level of excitement, I'm going to turn the topic to your questions. Got a couple, just a couple of questions, but we're going to go in depth on these questions today. Um, I, other questions that I'm not getting to, I will do on another episode. So let's start with this question here. This one was submitted by Momsum. And she says, at age 76, I have some shoulder issues and I have two artificial hips. How can I incorporate strength training? Well, first of all, my heart goes out to you. It is hard enough training around one body part that's not functioning per usual, let alone multiple. Earlier this year, I had plantar fasciitis flaring up in my right foot and my old shoulder injury flared up at the same time. So I had a lower body issue and an upper body issue. Your mindset around your current physical state is going to be critical. Choose thoughts that support your desire to be stronger. Look for what you can do and focus on that instead of what you can't do, right? So don't constantly be fixating on the fact that like, oh, my shoulder problem means that I can't, you know, do X exercise, Y exercise, and Z exercise, and my hips mean I can't do this, that, and the other. Look for what you can do. Choose to think like, okay, I'm going to focus on what I can do to get stronger. I can't do anything about what I can't do anything about, but there are things I can do. So that's number one is really pay attention to the thoughts that you're choosing to entertain. Choose ones that support your desire to be stronger. And then as you're looking at, okay, what can I do? Make sure you first clear that with your medical team, your doctor, your physical therapist. What can you do and what can't you do? Get a clearly defined list. If you are not currently working with a physical therapist, I highly recommend it. We are so quick to just dismiss pain, like be like, oh, pain is normal. Like, yeah, I have I have a bum shoulder. That's just how it is. I have this. In reality, there is so much that following a good physical therapy program can do for increasing, not increasing, reducing your pain, increasing your strength and increasing your range of motion. I've spent a good four months of this year on my right shoulder. I injured it for the first time. It was like 12 or 13 years ago. I was in my my older house before I moved into the house I'm in now. And we were getting the house ready to sell it. And I was chipping tile in the bathroom of that older house. And that bathroom, it had an impressive amount of layers of linoleum on it. It, it was truly spectacular how many layers I had to peel off to get to the bottom. And that was hard work. And I'm suspecting that actually had something to do with my injury as well. Like getting that linoleum layer after layer after layer. I could not believe how many designs there were. And then surprise, surprise, once I got down through all the layers of linoleum at the bottom, was a layer of tile. They were those little itty bitty square tiles. They were pink and white. That was pretty. But what was not pretty was whatever adhesive they had used to affix that stuff to the floor. I do not know what it was, or maybe it was the pressure of all that linoleum on top for all those years. It would not come off. That tile did not want to come off. And I chipped and I chipped and I chipped. 
little piece. It was not coming off in like big sections. It was like literally piece by piece of those little like one inch tiles. It was so bad that my dad and I ended up having to pour a new cement floor underneath once I'd gotten the tile off because it was just such a mess. And in any case, that chipping, that's what injured my shoulder. And I I realized how bad it was. I did the thing that I told you not to do. I was not smart back in the day, which is I just kept ignoring the pain. I'd take some pain medicine and just kind of wait for it to go away. Um, And the day that I realized I needed to go see a doctor and a physical therapist was when I started having to brush my hair by holding the brush in my hand and holding it still so I could bend my elbow up as far as I could. And then I would keep my hand there in that position because I couldn't use my shoulder. And then I would take my head. I'm doing it now, not that you can see it. I would take my head and instead of moving the brush, I would move my I would move my head because <laughs> I couldn't move my shoulder. And I acted like the, the uh, this was okay for a little bit. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's this is highly problematic. So that's when I first went to the doctor and got a physical therapist to help me with that shoulder. Now, over the years, it has flared up occasionally here and there. And then I go back to physical therapy and work through it some more. And it never returns to that bad because I don't let it get that bad. Over the last four months, I have done daily strengthening and stretching. I'm about 95% of the way better. I'm still doing daily, almost daily work on it. I went from having pain just when I lay down on it or when I reached forward with my arm and I was not able to do like a wide range of exercises in the gym to now being fully pain-free. Like I have no shoulder pain currently and I'm back to doing almost all of the exercises. I'm still not back to chin-ups. The part of my rotator cuff that was most affected, there are several, but the part that was most affected, it feels really vulnerable in the pull-up position. Like when I get in that position with my arms extended over my head and my body weight on it, even band-assisted, it feels really weak and vulnerable. Like I have the sensation, like it might, it might give out. I'm going to keep working on getting it stronger. I would like to be able to do pull-ups again. I'm also still not pressing fully overhead with any dumbbell or barbell overhead press variations, but I'm working on landmine presses, which are a fabulous variation. If you are working around shoulder pain, these go out on an angle If you don't know what uh, a landmine press is, Google it and watch that video. If you have any shoulder issues, this could be a really great fit for you to still do some direct shoulder work. I can now do front raises again and lateral raises again with very lightweight, pain-free. This has been a big deal. I couldn't do them at all a few months ago without pain. I'm adding weight session to session. I've gotten back to being able to do push-ups on the ground. If I keep the range of motion just a little shorter, can I get my chest all the way to the ground yet pain-free? But if I short the motion just a little bit, my shoulder is feeling good. And over time, I'm going to get back all the way down to full range of motion. This, what I've just shown you is an example of creating what is your menu of safe options. For me, all lower body exercises, except for back squat and good mornings, where I go. And those two I couldn't do because the arm position, you know, putting that bar on my back really irritates my shoulder still to this this moment. I, I can't get comfortably into that position. So I'm just not going to do that. I'll do other squat variations. I'll do other exercises that work, you know, instead of good mornings, I'll do other things that work my glutes and my hamstrings. Um, then all of the upper body exercises are available to me, except for the exceptions I just shared. So what you need to do is figure out what your menu of safe options are. Not necessarily going to be the same as mine. And you might have a long list of things that you can do, or it might be more limited, but there will definitely be a list of things that you can do. And then 
you do them. At the same time, you want to consider what are my weaknesses and how will I address them? Again, working with a physical therapist is going to be so key. Tons of the women in my Fitter After 40 coaching have some kind of tweak or injury or ailment that we need to work around. They're all women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, right? So we've, we've had a lifetime of nicks and dings and whatnot. So I help them work around them. It's important that you know that I don't work through the pain, but we work around it. You don't ever want to push through pain. So I give them exercise substitutions for exercises that they can't do pain-free or that their physical therapist says, no, don't do those. So we work together looking at what the PT says they can do and we adapt the training program to work for them. You can do this. You got this, momsome. All right, next question is from Queen Bee 5232. She says, bands or dumbbells for home workouts? Ideally, you'll have access to both. But if I had to pick one, zero hesitation, it would be dumbbells. Getting enough of a training stimulus to build muscle is going to be really challenging with just bands, especially when it comes to lower body. You will be incredibly limited. Home workouts can absolutely be effective. My Fitter After 40 members are usually about 50-50 in terms of number of the women who train at home and the number of the women who train at the gym. And both groups get phenomenal results. The key to making home workouts effective is having heavy enough weight to tax your body appropriately. And bands alone, not going to cut it. I do program exercises with bands in my Fitter After 40 program. Specifically, we use the long loop chin-up assist bands. Now, there aren't chin-ups in my Fitter After 40 workouts, but we use the chin-up assist bands looped over either a chin-up bar or a beam in their basement or a playset, and we use that to simulate a lat pull-down situation at home. So the bulk of your workout should be using dumbbells with a bit of bands thrown in there for pull-down variations, for use with assisting with pull-ups when you're ready for that, and for use assisting with push-ups. I love a band-assisted push-up when women are trying to get their first push-up. I love them for that. So focus first on getting the dumbbells and then add some bands in. All right, next up, we have only Ozzy. She wants to know, what non-alcoholic beverage do you drink at social gatherings? gatherings. <laughs> I don't know what a gathering is. Social gatherings. She says, I'm just quitting. Good for you, Ozzy. So alcohol can be a part of a healthy diet. It can be a part of a weight loss diet. Candidly, it is often a stumbling block. Alcohol is a literal toxin. You hear so much demonization on social media of various foods or food groups. Meanwhile, everyone is downing an actual liquid poison without batting an eye. So to answer your question about what my go-to non-alcoholic beverage is, is at social gatherings. I don't drink. I have never, I've never been someone who drinks alcohol. Uh, my go-to drink is seltzer with lime or club soda with lime. I think that's a pretty popular one. I like it. My husband also doesn't drink. He just goes for a Coke Zero. I absolutely despise soda. So that's a big no-no for me. So I stick with seltzer. Seltzer with lime, club soda with lime. Now I'm guessing that I've piqued some interest mentioning that I've seen that alcohol can be a hurdle to weight loss. So let's discuss why that is. Number one, it has calories and it does nothing to satisfy you or quell your hunger. It's easy to overdo total calories for that reason. And then number two, reduced inhibitions 
often lead to overconsumptions of more calories from food, either alongside the alcohol or afterwards. It comes down to the energy balance equation. Fat loss requires a calorie deficit and alcohol can easily lead you to drinking and eating in conjunction with that drinking back your deficit. So you eat back your deficit, you drink back your deficit. I want to tell you a story about a former one-on-one client. I loved her. She was very self-aware. She described to me one Thursday after several weekends where she had gone way over her calorie target. So her weight was staying the same. She was not losing weight because each weekend she was going way over her calories And she was worried she would once again blow her deficit on the upcoming weekend. And she said something in passing about how she would be spending Saturday afternoon with her friends, that there'd be a lot of drinking, and that she would be tailgating on Sunday. So I reflected back to her what she had said. And then I asked her to come back and say again what she had said to me. But every time she had said the word alcohol or drink, I wanted her to sub in the word cake. And as she did this, Uh, She didn't even have to do it. Just as soon as she read it and thought about saying it, a huge light bulb went off in her head. She messaged me back and said, I would never think to myself, I'm going to eat two slices of cake Friday night. I'm going to have three to four slices of cake on Saturday and at least that many on Sunday. And then think to myself, wow, why, why am I not losing weight? Why? But I do that all the time with alcohol. Isn't that, is that interesting to you? Are you like, whoa, that turned on a light bulb for me? Now, obviously the calories aren't exactly the same in alcohol, but as I said, the alcohol usually comes along with additional food calories as well. If you're struggling to lose weight and alcohol is a pretty big piece of your social life, that is something to build awareness around. That is something to ask questions about. Is it supporting you in reaching your goals? If not, what other options do you see? Sometimes this involves changing up your environment, how you're spending your time, where you're spending your time, with whom you're spending your time. A good first option, if you think alcohol is getting in the way of your desired weight loss results, is giving yourself a 30-day challenge. No drinking for 30 days. See how it goes. All of the options are yours and you get to choose. There's not a right or a wrong here. There's a what's best for you at any particular time. Thanks for bringing this topic up, Ozzy. All right, our last question is from Gulf Mental Health. She asks, do you have any clients with fibromyalgia slash pain and what has their experience with Fitter After 40 been? Great question. And yes, absolutely, I have had FAF members with fibromyalgia and chronic pain. People with those conditions still need exercise. They still need to build their muscles to age stronger. They may want to lose weight. And so I'm here to support them. The way I structure Fitter After 40 is that it meets you where you are, whatever your life situation, whatever your health situation, your mental situation, a fitness program should always be fit to your life, not the other way around. Now, even though Fitter After 40 is a group program, I tailor it to the individual. So your step targets, your nutrition targets, your workout volume, your workout intensity will all be tailored to you. I will help guide you to auto-regulate your activity based on how you're feeling on a given day. And that is really the key when we're talking about a chronic pain situation. How do you feel on a particular day and how do we auto-regulate your activity based on how you're feeling? 
All right. Those are our questions for today. We'll do more in an upcoming episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Remember, Fitter After 40, the doors only open twice per year. And this fall intake, the doors close on Friday, September 1st. Can you believe it's September already? So that's Friday, September 1st at 10 p.m. The doors are closing. So if you want in, eight weeks spent with me coaching you through all the things you need to do to lose weight and get strong. Now is your time. All right. Thanks so much. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Mm -hmm.